Hi, I'm Austin Basis, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 628 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, the whole works, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen or Beyond, we head over to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel with Austin Basis, who is Alvin. He is one of the comedy writers on the show that Mrs. Maisel is working on. And we're going to be talking with Austin about that show. And, of course, he was in Beauty and the Beast, back uh, the TV show, back in uh, the uh, 2012, I believe it was. He was a guest here once on On Screen and Beyond, and that was on episode 230. 32. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, be sure to check that out. And a lot of things coming up. Uh, Austin Basis is going to be joining us. Great show, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So uh, we'll be talking about that. And uh, also, I uh, want to let you know that uh, some people have been asking me, you know, why don't I have this person on as a guest and that person and whatever. And I, uh, you know, refer them back to our rerun section because we have a lot of episodes with the people that they were asking about. So uh, be sure to check all the uh, past episodes. I know there's a lot of them. There's over 600 of them to go through, but uh, they're there. Uh, you can also uh, email me at feedback at onscreenorbeyond.com, and you can ask, you know, why don't I have this person, or have I had this person on, and I'll answer you and uh, let you know which episode to look at to find that person. So we had a lot of uh, people we have had in the past that people are asking for again, uh, not actually again, just say, could you have, you know, why don't you have this person on? Well, we already did. So, <laughs> but we're going to keep bringing you more and more people. And I uh, hope you'll check all the reruns at onscreenandbeyond.com or go to your favorite podcast provider like uh, Apple Podcasts. And just scroll down through and you'll see every single episode that we have. So we appreciate you uh, listening to On Screen and Beyond. If you're new, welcome. I hope you uh, are going to look back and see all the people we've had. And also, if you have been here on the long run, we appreciate you so much having you here. Well, what do you say? It's time now for remakes, sequels, and prequels on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. It looks like August 11th, you can get The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And now that's, uh, I've talked about this one before, and it tells the story of Dracula as uh, it lands in theaters at that time on August 11th. So get ready for that. And 1996's Twister is getting a sequel, and Glenn Powell and Daisy Edgar Jones will star in it this time. And actor Bill Magnuson from No Time to Die, James Bond movie, was gotten into the cast of the live-action remake of Lilo and Stitch. And let's see what else here. That's it for remakes, sequels, and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Hey! 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Upcoming new movies, April 28th, You There, God? It's me, Margaret, with Rachel McAdams Hits Theaters, Bo Bridges, and Bruce Davidson, and Jessica Parker Kennedy will star in a drama called Camera. And at 92 years old, Clint Eastwood is still working, and he's working on his next film. It's a thriller called Juror Number 2. And Samuel L. Jackson and John David Washington will star in The Piano Lesson for Netflix, and Denzel Washington will be co-producing it. And Tom Hanks and Downton Abbey's Michelle Dockery and Robin Wright will all be starring in Robert Zemeckis' film Here. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies and TV on DVD and streaming. (laughs) Movies and TV on DVD and streaming looks like Shazam! The Fury of the Gods hits streaming on May 23rd on Max. Now that's going to be what the new revamped HBO Max is going to be called. called Max, so you can check that out on May 23rd. And The Magic Flute with F. Murray Abraham lands on DVD and Blu-ray on May 16th. And A Good Person with Morgan Freeman makes its way to Blu-ray on May 30th. And Mafia Mama with Tony Collette goes Blu-ray and DVD on June 6th. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. And next on On Screen and Beyond, it's time for TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, it looks like they're going to do a Baywatch remake on TV. Now, that's in the works. We'll keep you uh, you know, updated on that when we hear more information about it, but it's something to uh, look out for. And Blue Bloods on CBS has been approved for another season, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2 beams on to Paramount Plus on June 15th. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to sit back and talk with Austin Basis. Now, Austin, uh, he was on the TV show Beauty and the Beast. That was the remake, the second one they had. Went on for quite, quite, a, you know, quite a few years. I think it was 60-something episodes or something like that. And uh, he's now uh, on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And we're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more. Austin Basis right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who we've seen on so many TV shows, including he was a regular on Beauty and the Beast, Life Unexpected, and so many others, and he now can be seen on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Prime as one of the comedy writers who Mrs. Maisel works with on the show. It's Austin Basis. Austin, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. 
Thanks for having me, Brian. Now, Austin, I always mess this up. I should say welcome back to On Screen and Beyond because about 10 and a half years ago, you were a guest on On Screen and Beyond on episode 232, and you were promoting at that time Beauty and the Beast. You were just starting on a new show. <laughs> oh, wow. And now I'm starting on another show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Here we are for over, uh, what do we have, over 400 episodes more, and, and you're here again, and yeah. it's great to have you. Yeah, and yes, the uh, like the uh, the rings in a tree, you could tell the age, uh, <laughs> the age, <laughs> the age difference or the time change by my hairline and my uh, uh my weight. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that time you Lost had some hair, gained some pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I think you had a cat named Willow. Do you still have Willow? Will, no, we have a new cat. Uh, Willow passed, but uh, oh, sorry. we have a cat named Daisy that is also a black cat. Ah. Um, a little more wily than Willow. Ah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice to have you back, and, and it's so exciting that you're back with such an amazing show. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a marvelous show, no question about it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely an honor to uh, be among the talent and, you know, the production uh, of the show, especially in its final season. I was a huge fan of the show um, for the past, you know, four or five years, four seasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that to see an opportunity um, helped a friend with an audition. He was in New York and I'm in L.A. So sometimes... New York auditions don't get to LA actors, LA auditions don't get to New York actors. And I helped him, you know, work on, you know, you work with other actors to work on the stuff, rehearse it, um, or even put it on tape. And he, I was reading these other roles and he's reading for this, you know, one of the other writers and I'm reading this role, Alvin. And I'm like, I think, I think this is right. This feels right. This feels like, when I used to do Neil Simon plays in college, which was kind of like, you know, my first love playwright of, you know, mm -hmm. ironically, my character Alvin worked on, you know, the Sid Caesar shows and Neil Simon was a writer on the Sid Caesar shows. So it kind of comes full circle. Um, and I just, you know, asked my agents and the casting if they would let me submit a tape and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. Now, I was disappointed, I got to tell you, because I watched the uh, first three episodes. Yeah. And I thought that they dumped all the episodes at once. And when I wanted to go to the fourth episode, and I couldn't because <laughs> you get, they, they only put three down. So I wanted to yeah. see more. <laughs> yeah, they're drawing it out a little more this year. Well, last year they did the season four, I believe it was two episodes a week. Um, but I think. Some of the episodes are a little longer this year, definitely the finale. Um, and I like that it's the first three because you propel. Um, there's a couple of storylines that get propelled, obviously Midge on the show, yeah. writing on the show and, um, you know, Susie, Susie's arc and a couple of the other characters' arcs um, that really kind of culminate at, towards the end of definitely episode two and episode three and kind of set almost like set the, the path for, you know, where and how the series is going to, is going to find its way to its end. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's just a, such a fun show to watch. And it, and it reminds me of a lot of different things. Uh, the fast pace of it, the, the dialogue is incredible because I don't know how you guys can all remember all of your dialogue, but uh, it, it reminds me of like Moonlighting. Uh, that show was very yeah. fast with the dialogue, and so is, is Mrs. Yeah. Maisel. It's, it's just, you know, whew, <laughs> it just goes so fast. <laughs> Well, Amy and Dan also did Gilmore Girls. Amy, you know, created Gilmore Girls, and that was a fast-paced show. They're, that is their M.O. They're known for the fast-paced banter, quick-witted, you know, um, comic stuff with a heart. And I think uh, Amy's dance, you know, background and her dad was a comedian uh, kind of meld into this, like, it's almost a Broadway musical of a show um, because there's not necessarily always music as the background, but there is, there is, you know, songs and dance and, but the actual camera movement, the, the blocking, the choreography of just the, the whole thing and adding in the rhythm of the dialogue, it, it creates a, you know, a symphony of sorts or like, a soundtrack um, overture of sorts that uh, keeps the energy up and uh, keeps the the show moving in a way that is different than anything else on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, your character of Alvin brings back memories to me because uh, this is way before your time. So I, you know, I don't know if you knew yeah. this show or not, but uh, the Dick Van Dyke show. There was a character yeah. called Buddy Sorrell, which was played by Maury Amsterdam. And your comeback lines when somebody says something reminds me of that. You know, they, they were in a uh, the comedy writer's room. Only there were three of them yeah. instead and everything. But the, that that's what came to, to mind when I saw your character. And I said, boy, he, <laughs> it's, it's, it, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. And when I was working on the part you know like because there's so much dialogue i mean i think the first audition was five scenes and the second uh the callback was eight scenes you know about 15 to 20 pages of dialogue um and you know i i'm not talking the whole time i'm responding to pretty much every other line but uh the you know the time frame wasn't sure because it wasn't specific of when it was happening, but I figured based on the, where the last season ended is what I had and, you know, my information to work on the audition. I, you know, kind of looked up when the Dick Van Dyke show premiered and it was the same time. It was around the same time. And I looked to people like, uh, you know, I don't necessarily see myself as a Dick Van Dyke character, but you know, I actually did watch the original pilot with Carl Reiner because Carl Reiner wrote it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was called something different, but he was the actor that played the character of Dick Van Dyke. And when he, when it got picked up, I think they said, we need a name um, and, you know, kind of like a, a known established actor. And he took a step back, you know, he played the other role, but um he was the head writer of that show. So I was like, you know, Carl Reiner was kind of a, a little bit of a model um, and the Dick Van Dyke show, watching those shows and kind of getting a vibe for what comedy was like in that era. Also, it's a comedy about a, 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 
you know, show where the writer's room is part of, you know, right. that was part of, I think, the uh, the newest innovation of that was that there was a, um, there was a, a workplace comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the first of its kind. Uh, and then also going back to like the Sid Caesar show of shows, um, Sid Caesar wasn't the head writer, Mel Tolkien was. Um, and so I think that's how you say it. T O L K I N. Um, he, he was the head writer. So, you know, somewhere between, you know, Tolkien and, um, and Reiner is where you find Alvin. Um, and, uh, the irony is that the Dick Van Dyke show to kind of come back to that, um, was Mary Tyler Moore's big, uh, you know, mm-hmm. big break. And she, um, you know, then when she did the Mary Tyler Moore show, which is very kind of like uh, influential of the Maisel arc, um, she, uh, you know, she's a type one, she was a, she had type one diabetes and did a lot for JDRF. And I had met her one time. I have type one diabetes. And um, I probably talked about that with you back in the day. Um, but yeah, that the, you know, like a lot of these things that line up with everything, um, with this role, I feel like it, it, to me, it it just worked out that it was meant to be. Yeah. Now when you get a role like this, uh, whether, well, on Beauty and the Beast, it would be hard, you know, because there were no beasts, but (laughs) there there is no beast, but but do you find yourself looking back at, at things like that to, to, to get sort of ideas of, you know, what it was like, like you said, you know, that, uh, that w- the writer's room was sort of like that back then and everything. Do you, do you research like that? Or does, you know, does somebody tell you these are things that you should think about? Well, no, I, you know, like I, <clears throat> I wanted to get a framework of how writer's room worked, how writer's rooms worked. I know a lot of writers and I kind of have a gauge of it because of being on a, a, you know, a number of television shows where uh, I had been to the writer's room and knew all the writers and, you know, see, could see the boards of all the episodes, how they like kind of like arc out all the episodes and do the outlines. But this is different. It's a late night talk show. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the pitching of the monologues and, you know, it was a little different than the Dick Van Dyke show because that was a fictitious depiction of a writer's room. Um, so I think what was more important to me was listening to interviews uh, with the writers on the Sid Caesar show, which again, wasn't a late night talk show. It was a sketch show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, taking little bits of information that just kind of enhanced my own imagination. And I, I have to say right off the bat that most of it's in the writing. So, you know, when it's really good writing, uh, you don't need to do as much work uh as an actor you know i do a lot of work anyway but the the comedy is there the character the way the characters talk is there um and it's odd but like you know even on a show like nasal where a lot of people talk fast but not everyone most people talk in a different way um and that is also good writing Mm -hmm. you'll notice there are great writers out there that everyone sounds the same. Great writing, but every character kind of sounds the same. Right. They all talk the same way. This is not true about Maisel. Like, it may be the actors taking the words and making them their own, but 
they they use different words they 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 talk in different you know um phrases they you know like you know Susie uses the f word a lot more than most other characters <laughs> yes. you know um you know midge is you know of all the people talks probably has the most monologues um so the way they write the characters and the way you know uh just a an, an attuned actor reads that reads that dialogue and is able to kind of bring it to life when it's written as well as it is mm-hmm. by Amy and Dan, it it just it makes it so much easier and honestly does most of the work for you if you could just say the lines in the way they were written and you know there's no improv it's all word perfect so you're saying it the way they written wrote it but it's because it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) you can't make it better so you say it as it is and if you mess up a word then it screws up someone else's line because the rhythm is all off Mm -hmm. um so i get it you know playwrights are like that a play is written you get that play those words are set in stone yeah you know and Mm -hmm. if you do any theater you're not like rewriting neil simon or you know uh arthur miller or david Mamet, you know, or John Patrick Shanley, you're saying every letter and every word in in the script. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand what it means, you know, which happens with like a David Mamet play where there's like normal, you know, how people talk, they repeat things, they go off tangents, all the stuff, you have to make it work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and if you find the right way, it's perfect. But um, you know, that's up to you as the actor. You have to, that's the challenge. Yeah. What cracks me up with the writing is, uh, Midge's parents, it, it, it's like their, their words have nothing to do with anything else. It's like they're, they're in their own little world, world, you know, and they're just, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. They're talking about what they are doing, you know, it's, it's just, it's so funny the way they did that. Yeah, they again. So much they're written so much differently than, you know, Moish and and Shirley, Susie and Midge, um, any of the other characters. Um, so, what's like a testament to Marin and and um, Tony is that whenever we did table reads and they had their scenes and they would read it off the script. You know, we get the scripts only a day or two before they're reading it. And wow. sometimes a day or two before it's actually being put on its feet, which is, you know, a mammoth task for an actor in a couple of days, especially in the middle of the week sometimes um, to to get that stuff memorized and like ready to, you know, um, to be full to be full performance ready. Um, but it's a testament to the actors, you know, down the line throughout the the cast, you know, um, even the guest stars, recurring day players. When we read, when we read those scripts, they were as rich and funny and, and poignant as when you'll see the final, you know, the final episodes, (laughs) you know, in some cases you're like, Oh, I think that joke played better. You know, like when in Saturday Night Live, when they did the dress rehearsal and then they do it again. And, uh, the live show and some jokes don't work. I, I'm sure they're like, oh, that played better in dress, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
like sometimes jokes play better in a live audience because something happens, you know, at the table reads, there's hundreds of people, all the crew is sitting around and, you know, reading along and we do, everyone has a microphone. It's like these big productions to present that episode and kind of like say, this is the episode we're about to film. And then you break it up into little pieces and shoot over 15 days or something. And then, but those table reads are just when, when you have like veteran actors, like, you know, Marin and um, Tony and Kevin and Caroline, you know, and even at this point, <laughs> Rachel and, and Alex, it's just, it, you know, Michael, it all comes alive and they're, they're their characters already. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was true about the writers as well. When we got together, I feel like the casting was so good. Cindy Tolan, exactly. you know, yeah. cast such an amazing, I mean, award-winning casting director, um, Steven Spielberg's casting director, you know, like it's a little there. credit there. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. It's like, it's, it, it, you know, when you put people together and it just gels, mm -hmm. that is not happenstance. That's, you know, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's intention, you know, that's an intentional yeah. thing. And I think that was pretty evident right away. As soon as we all got together, the writers and, started doing those scenes and working together it was like oh there's a there's an energy here where each person contributes their own thing serves a different purpose and together it fits like a glove you know mm -hmm. five of us yeah sad sad thing is though it's 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 the final season that's <laughs> that's too bad yep. because i mean it's yeah. such a great show and uh yeah this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Mark Cuban, and if you love television like I love television, you have to listen to On Screen and Beyond. You must have been thrilled when, when you got the part. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest, uh, you know, kind of moments. I mean, I'm, I'm, I graduated actor studio drama school in 2001, so I'm, I'm over 20 years into my career, you know, with a couple, a few shows under my belt, uh, you know, a few films and um, recurring roles. And I've had the privilege of being a pretty steadily working actor over most of that 20 years. Um, even in the beginning, uh, like scrapping together commercials and independent films and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, guest stars here and there. And, um, but 
to get on a show with this much acclaim and this much talent from the, you know, the props, the set decoration, production design, costumes, camera crew, like, you know, grips, gaffer, like, you know, everyone on this team has worked together and, you know, to create um, an amazing show that I've enjoyed. So when I was able to become a part of it, it was um, exciting, intimidating, um, but I knew how hard I would would have to work to like, you know, live up to the standard that had already been set before you four seasons previously, and that I don't want to disappoint myself, but I also don't want to disappoint all my family and friends that watch <laughs> the show and enjoy it. And I'll be honest, like I've been on part of a couple of like TV shows that I love, and then I get cast in them, and it somehow it spoils it for me because I know it happens or mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, it stands out and it like takes me out of it. And, you know, I don't fit in to the, the world, but I felt differently about this one and um, seeing the episodes that kind of, re, you know, confirms my, my ease that, you know, that I, that I, I was part of this world and, and, you know, I did what I needed to do to like be, you know, just be one of the the many wonderful characters that Amy and Dan have created and um, have populated the show like this. You know, funny, poignant, like awe-inspiring sometimes with the camera stuff and the, the dances and the music. And, you know, they did, you know, we did a couple like four or five page oneers, which basically is just you have one shot to get five pages of dialogue right. And... <laughs> It's uh, it's intimidating, but they take the time, you know. Yeah. A couple hours rehearsal, a couple hours shooting, and instead of doing coverage on everyone in this the cast, you know, 10, 15 people, which would take forever. Um, the oneer is better for the show energy. It captures the actual energy in the room. Um, it's more ensemble based, like a theater piece, uh, and you get really the live interplay between characters, you know, and and it tells the story in a way that a lot of other shows, comedy specifically, don't get to do. Um, and uh, it's, you know, kind of an honor to be a part of that. Yeah. Especially at the end, especially especially closing it out, you know? Right, yeah. So every, everything has been wrapped, right? You're done with all the filming and everything. That's all done right now. Yeah, finish yeah. in November. Yeah, and do you know when they're going to drop? Is there a certain day that they drop more episodes? Yeah, so um, so every every Friday. Fridays, um, okay. It, so there was uh, three episodes, you know, that came out this past weekend, um, and every Friday going forward uh, for the next six weeks, there's nine episodes total. Will be a new episode, um, and. Uh, it, you know, it, it should be a fun ride. Yeah, <laughs> there's some really good stuff coming down the line that it, you know, it's exciting to know about and hope. You know, can't wait to. I know it's not even hope that people like it. It's like I know people are gonna love stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's been hard to even keep that 
because a lot of my family didn't want to know. They don't want it spoiled, you know? Yeah. Um, Shut up, Austin. Don't so, tell us. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to, to see how it came out because I only you know saw the script and obviously our scenes. Um, but uh, there's a world of stuff that I haven't seen that I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how it all plays out in a sense. You're killing us here. <laughs> I, 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 I know I, know. I, I, know I can't well, ask you. <laughs> but. No, 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 no. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I could say what I'll say is <clears throat> I think everything that, including myself, people have loved about the show as a fan, I was able to be a fan watching it all play out and reading the scripts and seeing how Amy and Dan are, you know, landing this plane. Um, and it, you know, the characters people love, you know, every little, you know, there's like, what do they call them? Easter eggs everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's just an homage to the characters people love the, you know, kind of honoring the city of New York in a way <clears throat> there's, you know, some landmarks and, and things that are featured coming down the line that I feel like <clears throat> really, they really, you know, really pay homage to New York, that time period, um, while still bucking the system with uh, a woman that's speaking her mind and, um, you know, coming up in the ranks in, 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 a, in an industry, in an area, you know, stand-up comedy where not many women had tread at that point before her. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and I think that's always the thing with her relationship with Lenny Bruce, uh, Midge and Lenny, is that she is a bit of the female version of him. Um, and a younger version. So just mm -hmm. as, you know, his star is fading, hers is rising. Yeah. yeah. Well, Austin, it, it is such a great show and we can't wait to see more of you. And uh, you've got some of the best lines too. I've I noticed that they, uh, <laughs> you had some, you know, about the, the, the guy posing for the Kama Sutra and all that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the uh, everybody, if you don't have Prime, get, get it and watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And uh, we thank you so much for joining us. But I want to finish up with one final question. Okay. And taking us back to when you sit down and relax. And what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? What are you enjoying? What am I enjoying right now? I'm enjoying, uh, <clears throat> I enjoy uh, Succession. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a couple of people on this, on Maisel that are also on Succession. So it's one of those like these lucky actors that get to be on like one of the best dramas on television and the best comedy on television um, at the same time mm -hmm. uh, while they're both airing their final seasons. Um, so uh, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad. Um, I, you know, I've rewatched that, um, you know, going back to like, you know, The Sopranos, The Wire, Mad Men, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, um, 
and you know uh, when it comes to comedies obviously you know nasal uh curb your enthusiasm um seinfeld yep. <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm a jewish guy from new york so it's a very <laughs> it's a very limited uh, but i do love the office like there's certain shows that you that i you know i loved once and you know i loved ozark too yeah, um, there's so true. much good tell. It's like the golden age of te- television, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was always a you know Saturday Night Live fan, and um, that's I loved In Living Color back in the day. Um, you know, I it's tough the the multi camera sitcom to me, it, you know, is not exactly what it used to be just because. Um, it's it, it's a tough you know like talking about the dick van dyke show it's like nothing is like that anymore like right. everyone wants a little more realism and you know mm-hmm. there are still some gems out there but i think the single camera comedies are the ones that are really you know are the best ones right now you yeah. know like a ted lasso or um mm-hmm. some of these other, other shows like dramas too severance and obviously game of thrones was a huge one yeah that was an epic uh epic show um yeah like those those are some of the the ones and like when it comes to movies i think you know like uh the ones i could rewatch over and over like step brothers tommy boy uh um shawshank redemption um godfathers uh, I I always love a good Pacino movie, um, Scent of a Woman, uh, Donnie Brasco. Like I I grew up on that stuff, and you know when I was got into the actor studio, I got to do a reading and work with Al Pacino, wow. uh, and that was kind of an early highlight. Uh, in being a member of the actor studio and seeing and being amongst actors that had epic careers and had academy awards tony awards emmy awards and you know just had been recognized as the best of their generations and kind of seeing that as a young actor um and being able to work with like you know we did a reading with him Liev schreiber marissa tomei and diane weist pretty much everyone who had won awards mm-hmm. uh you know um and you know and that's not what it's all about but just to to be around validated actors like that and you know um it gives hope for young actors as opposed to being just around the people you graduated school with (laughs) and are all struggling and you know you're all starting your careers it's good to be around a uh you know a mix of old young um male female uh you know mm-hmm. all the spectrum of actors that are out there um because everyone has their own different journey and uh but you know yeah. uh to now be able to like watch things and see friends or people i've worked with in you know like i got to work with viola davis you know like Sheesh. you know uh claire danes you know like i've just larry david like um sandra oh like it's i get i've had a um very privileged experience um and it's uh 
it's an honor to continue that with a show like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Austin, it is always a pleasure yeah. to have you on the show, and I thank you so much for taking the time to share and letting us in on uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If people don't have it, get it. It's on Prime, and you can watch the final season starting now. Yeah. Austin, let's not make it ten and a half years before you're on the show again, because it's always a pleasure yes, to have you. Yes, right. Yeah. Tell that to the casting directors and my agent. <laughs> so thanks so much, uh, Austin. Oh uh, yeah, thank you. It's been it's been great. You've got a great voice, so it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a pleasure listening. And a big shout-out going out to Austin Basis for joining us once again to talk about his latest venture here. He is on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Be sure to check it out. It's a great show, and he plays Alvin, one of the comedy writers on the show that uh, Mrs. Maisel is uh, currently writing on. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Great show. So be sure to check that out. And I want to remind you uh, that on May 26th through the 28th, don't forget the Behind the Golden Curtain, the tribute to the Golden Girls show. And that's going to be all kinds of writers and directors and producers and guest stars from episodes of the Golden Girls. There's going to be discussion panels, trivia, lectures, parties, the whole works. Be sure to check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, like I've said before, there's a whole list of people who are going to be there. And uh, some of the guest stars are, uh, you know, just uh, fantastic people. And you want to check those out. You can go to the website, uh, behindthegoldencurtain.com, and you can hear, uh, see all the information about that, where you can get tickets and the whole work. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, that's it. That is a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>